everybody, and welcome to Mules with the Mic, the Alamo Heights Junior School newspaper podcast. This is our third week, our third episode, and I am so thrilled to be joining you guys again. With us today, I have some members of the newspaper staff. Go ahead and introduce yourselves, guys. Hello, I'm Thatcher. I'm Sarah. I'm Sarah. I have a question for y'all. What is something that you were obsessed with as a little kid? I was really into stuffed animals for a long, long time. I know that. Like a spe- Where I had a basket just full of stuffed animals. Like a specific stuffed animal or just like just in general stuffed animals? Random stuffed animals. Um, you know that place by the quarry? I can't exactly remember what it's called right now. But they used to sell a bunch of stuffed animals, and I would get, uh, like, a ton of them. What was your favorite one, Thatcher? Like, the one that you cl- clung to? I remember there was one that was just a wolf, and for some reason, I named it Donkey. Don't know why. Mine is also stuffed animals. No. I remember when I was younger, I had collections and pounds of pounds of stuffed animals. Because I had one that I remember the most was a giant elephant that was like, it was bigger than me at that point. <laughs> and um, I was able to like sit on the elephant, and that thing was my child. <laughs> but then the one I got at birth, which I named Puppy, that was my, that was my precious baby. I was really into um, Tinkerbell and anything that had to do with fairies. Stuff like that. You know, uh, all of like the new, or they're not new, new, but the fairly new Tinkerbell movies, like the Disney Tinkerbell movies. I'm just going to be honest and say, I think they're awesome. I really enjoy them. Like, I watch them with my daughter, and sometimes I find myself enjoying them more than she enjoys them. <laughs> I used to love watching those like animal and nature shows for older people and I could watch them all day long and I knew like a ton of facts. Whoa. Like like the kind of like violent ones that show them like attacking and eating each other? Like those yeah, types I of... Yeah, I loved uh, watching those, yeah. For some reason, when it comes to anything related to the ocean, I don't know why it freaks me out. Like, I just like, they just move so unnaturally. Like octopus or... Um, jellyfish, anything like, or like the, in like Finding Nemo, like the one that has the light, like any of those types of things, it freaks me out. I gained my fear of the ocean from those shows. You did? I, I can't go to beaches. If I go to the beach, I'm not going anywhere near the water. Really? I hate beaches. I hate oceans. I hate everything to do with them. I also have my parents read me those fact books with, like, all of the facts about the, the animals. Mm-hmm. And I couldn't even read, but I could read it back to them. Whoa. Because I could, I like, memorize the entire fact book. Our first segment for today is Slices, where we're bringing y'all good news or strange news that's happening all over the world during this crazy time. We've talked about a lot of stuff over the last few weeks. Um, But Thatcher, you have a slice today that I think is um, very interesting. Thatcher, go ahead and start us off. What is your slice that you brought us today? Um, My slice is about Elon Musk's new child's name. It's pronounced Kyle, but but it's spelled X, then the A and the E combined. I don't really know what that exactly is. Then A-12. All right, so for... For those of us that don't know, who is Elon Musk? Can you explain us, explain him to us? Um, uh, <laughs> who who is he? What has he done? What has he accomplished? Who's he? What is he in charge of? Give me one second. Actually, I don't know how I don't know that. So. It's okay. I, I'm kind of putting you on the spot. That and obviously, I will edit all of this out. Thatcher. He's um he's the CEO of Tesla. The yeah. All right, oh, so yeah, sure. uh, how about um, he, let's go ahead and wait. start over. Let's start from the beginning. Like when okay. you mention his name, say like that he's the CEO of Tesla. All okay. right, and go. Well, today's slice is actually Elon Musk's child name. It is very weird. 
it's pronounced Kyle, but has an X, then an A with the E combined with it. Don't know what that exactly is called. Then um, an A dash 12. It's still pronounced Kyle. I don't know how or why they decided to do that, but whatever. And so, Thatcher, for those of us that don't know, who is Elon Musk? What is he in charge of? He is the CEO of Tesla, and he is also an inventor, a film producer, and aerospace engineer. Yeah, he is a he's a pretty cra- like crazy in a good way. Like he's done a lot of neat stuff, um, but that, when you think about all of his accomplishments, and then his son being named. Kyle in the most weird spelling. We'll include that in our show notes. Like it is a very unique spell. I've never seen anyone named anything like it before. Celebrity has a new weird child named Elon Musk's now. Then there's um I can't remember. I think it might be part of the Kardashians, but I don't know. Their child name is Northwest. Maybe we should get them like a baby book for Christmas. I don't know. I think they would appreciate that actually. Awesome. Well, thank you, Thatcher. Uh, uh, Sarah, what slice have you brought for us today? So my slice is about um, scientists have officially mapped out the entire surface of the moon for the first time. Whoa, that is crazy. How, do you know how like did it, how long did it take them? Did they discover anything interesting? Um, it happened on the fifth. Oh. And they've just officially like they have a full like map of. Everything on the moon. So they have every indent, every curve, everything. So, okay. If you had an opportunity to travel to the moon, would y'all be brave enough to do it? Yeah. I would go, no doubt. (laughs) I would love to go. I don't know if I would, like, bring a ruler and measure everything, but it still (laughs) seems fun to go. And measure everything? Why would you measure everything? Well, but that's what they just did. She just said they gotta go to the moon and measure every single thing, map it out, each crater, stuff like that. Seems kind of lame to go to the moon. Wait, I think it was from satellites. Yeah, it was from satellites, Probably. Thatcher. Yeah, they just sent like a couple people without like meter sticks and just had them measure everything <laughs> in cave the moon. Yeah, that's. <laughs> I think that's a little excessive. Yeah, I think that'd be a crazy waste of money. To, like, send people to the moon. But oh, I can okay. imagine people on the moon with, like, those little, like, um, poles with, like, the rolly thing at the bottom that measure and just yeah. walking across the moon with one of those. Yeah. Cooler, because then imagine if it's, like, a full moon that night and it's shining down and you just see someone in the shadows with just a meter stick measuring the moon. You look up and just see that. I think that'd be a lot cooler. Kind <laughs> of satellite or whatever. Yeah. I think it's too cold for a... A person to go on the the dark side of the moon. Yeah, yeah, I know that would be really cool. Such a way to man up. What about you, Sierra? What slice do you have for us today? So my slice for today is about how Mister Rogers survived quarantine when he was a kid. Because if you don't know a lot about Mister Rogers, when he was young, he had um, hay fever and a number of breathing problems. And so during this time, um, there was a lot of bad air pollution outside, so um, his parents had him stay home. And this is when he kind of explored his own imagination Hmm. and sort of created the characters that he sort of developed um, for his show, Mm -hmm. Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood. And so some of the characters are from his imagination that he created while in quarantine. So I think that's a good reminder um, when people are upset about this, that maybe you could, this is a good time for us to explore our imaginations, too. How old was he when that happened? Um, just all through his childhood, I guess. I saw um, ages 8 to 10, he had to be taught, like, at home and stuff, because he was yeah. sick with that stuff, so, yeah. How many of y'all watched uh, Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood as a kid? I have. I watched that movie about it recently, but no, I never watched it. Oh, wow. I watched the animated, like, tiger thing that came on after he died. What was it called? Daniel Daniel Tiger? Tiger? Yeah. Yeah. 
But you never watched Mr. Rot, like the actual show, the live action show? I don't think so. Wow. What about you, Sarah? Did you ever watch Mr. Rogers? I did not. Oh, my goodness. So uh, I watched Mr. Rogers as a kid, and by then he'd been on the air for like a long time, like 20-something years. And I know like y'all are all kind of removed from it. Um, you, I, I know, Sarah, you watched it, but he was a really neat guy. And did a lot of incredible things for people. And even though his show was very, like, small and, like, the quality of it wasn't kind of – people kind of made fun of it because it was – everything was, like, homemade. It had a very homemade feel to it. He did a lot of neat things. He was a very, very neat human being. And I think the world needs more people like Mr. Rogers. I mean, what I saw from the documentary, I guess a lot of people thought it was kind of controversial, too. Yeah. Maybe not, but they touched on a lot of things that kids wouldn't understand, but adults did. Yeah. I remember hearing that in the documentary. Yeah, like, he would talk about, like, he had, you know, his his show was all about kids, like, learning, like, teaching them, you know, things about life, and, it, you know, sometimes it would be, like, about music and uh, art and things, like, how things are made, but then every like every now and then he would have like occasional episodes about really serious stuff like about how to handle a grandparent dying or how to how, how as a child how do you deal with your parents getting a divorce or like I know he had some episodes like when the Vietnam War was happening like how do you deal with war right now like as a child like all very serious things but um yeah, like he helped a lot of people like deal with certain things in a very interesting way. But um, yeah, he was a very prolific dude. Thank you for sharing that, Sierra. I really think that's a fascinating thing. How? I mean, we've talked about it before. How do, do y'all feel like your imaginations are um, growing during this quarantine? Like, are you? Um, we're now several weeks into it. Have y'all been any? any creative the last week or so or is it still kind of the same thing for y'all no i'm very creative but i've been looking like so many memes and tiktoks and stuff like that they're just lowering my iq i think i've been having a lot of time to work on my writing when i wouldn't usually be able to write at all because of school so i've had a lot of time i would like to say i have improved on my art skills I feel like it's easier to have more of a schedule, like going to school and stuff. But I think that it kind of has helped me develop my own schedule and just dive deeper into my like things that I want to do in my career and stuff. Mm-hmm. Taylor, what slice have you brought for us today? So this might be good news and it might be bad news. It depends if you like the books. But there's going to be a new Twilight book uh, coming out on August 4th called Midnight Sun. So it's actually going to be from the vampire's point of view this time. And the author has been spending a very long time uh, 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 writing it. Where do y'all stand on Twilight? Not like, you can include the the movies too. Where, where do y'all stand on Twilight, personally? I dislike it. I know uh, my stepmother, she loves it. She sometimes goes in the back house and just binge watch that. And not a fan honestly myself i'm also not a fan but i know my mom likes it so i don't like it much either i read it when i was like in fifth grade and i liked it then but now i realize how bad it was so i don't like it anymore Zero. i don't really like it um i don't know i feel like it's a little overrated but yeah yeah i i we're honestly really offended by the fact that we don't like it. I bet you're probably, after this, just going to watch all of them once again. I feel like you're the type of person to love that. No, I am the type of teacher. I am I am always for books. Uh, always. But I am personally not a fan of Twilight. I've had students in the past like, donate Twilight books to my library. <laughs> and, uh, and I'm just like... Uh, I'm very hesitant to accept them because I'm just not, I just think it's a very strange story personally. It's just, um, so which is better, uh, 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 werewolves or vampires? Like, which would you rather be? Oh, a werewolf. 
He's so I no pros to being a, a a vampire. Like, there's no good things that come from it. Yeah, yeah I mean... You, other than, like, the occasional, I don't know, turning into a bat, there's nothing cool from it. I mean, nothing. You can't go out in the sun, nothing like that. At least you're a vampire. You can do whatever you want, and just... Yeah, do whatever you want. You're not going to be, fe- or you're going to be feared by people too sometimes. So another plus right there. But with the werewolf, you can live your normal life except on a full moon, and you know, like, oh well. But with the Twilight books, I just think like I can't get over the fact that Edward is like a hundred and something years old, and Bella is like sixteen years old, and yet they fall in love. I just think that's weird, and like when you really think about it, like. Why would he be a? Why would he be in high school, and b? That's just strange. For he's technically an old man, but the thing I always wondered about like vampires is like, if they live that long, then do they ever die? And if so, like how do they die? I don't know. It's just I always wonder about that. Do vampires die of old age? Like most of us? Like do they get any older? I, yeah, I just think it's a really weird, like, and granted, vampires don't exist. Like, we're kind of, like, discussing things. It's kind of silly. But still, people love these books, and it's just the, like, the, all of it is just weird. Do you like, like, the classics, like the first vamp- vampire book, uh, Dra- Dracula? Do you like that? Oh, I think that's a, I've only read it once, and that was, I was in high school, and I liked it. I, I like... Frankenstein more. If you've never read the the actual Frankenstein book, it's surprisingly good. Like uh, like you, when you think of Frankenstein, you just think of you know the monster that's green, you know with the bolts and it's just kind of mindlessly going, but the the original story of Frankenstein is surprisingly deep, very philosophical and very well written. So that's my that's my thoughts on on monster books. My slice for us this week is uh, actually locally based. Uh, the San Antonio Zoo has reported that they were kind of concerned with uh, the current uh, outbreak of them not getting enough visitors and income and them kind of questioning, like, what are we going to do? How are we going to uh, pay our employees? How are we going to even feed and take care of our animals? So they came up with an ingenious idea a couple of weekends ago. They decided to do a drive-through zoo experience where they opened certain like gates, like service gates, and they created this whole like pathway and a map and everything that where you can drive through the zoo. The first weekend, uh, the zoo sold out in about two or three hours of all of their tickets. And it was so popular that they added another two or three weekends. Don't you think that'd be stressful for all of the the animals to have cars going through? Yeah, I I think so. I mean, because they've never experienced that before. It does seem strange. But some of the animals are kind of like far, even from like the, like if you were walking up like normal. They're not like right there, but I would imagine so. I think what would be most concerning for me is... If, like, your car suddenly died, would any of y'all go see, uh, be interested in the drive through zoo? I know someone who went to it the when it opened. Yeah, did they enjoy and it? He said it was chaotic. She explained it to where it was, like, you couldn't really see the animals that well, but you could, like, see them because, like, some of them, like you said, they were far off in the distance, mm-hmm. and they looked scared. I feel the, the same way. I... I like going to, like, the open ones where they're free and they're not all in cages and stuff. I don't usually go to zoos in general. All right, that is our slices for the week. Hopefully you learned some good news happening in your world. Up next, we interview Miss Olivia Tacker, who teaches art at the junior school, and Miss Rachel Holiday, our choir teacher. Stay tuned. Our 
second segment of the Mules with the Mic podcast. With us today, we have two arts teachers. So far, we've talked to a lot of core content teachers, and we haven't talked to anyone in the arts yet. Today, we're talking with the junior school's very own Olivia Tacker, who teaches art and coaches, and Rachel Holiday, who teaches choir. Say hello, guys. Awesome. We're thank you both so much for agreeing to show up on the podcast. It means so much to us. How have y'all been doing um, now that we're kind of almost at the end of? It's it's been a big adjustment, but I feel like we've we've hit our stride. Um, we're busier than ever right now, getting our pop show ready to go, uh, and so it's it's very very busy, kind of in that final stretch, but exciting at the same time. The first few weeks were very hard on not only myself, but our students. Um, being an art teacher, we like to interact with each other on a daily basis, but we've gotten to the point where we're really good and open about just showing our art during the process and answering questions and just having fun and soaking in this moment. So I'm not actually in art class, so how does it work? So with, I'm fortunate enough to teach the sixth graders, and so... They come in and we teach foundational art skills. Um, it kind of grows throughout the semester because I only have them for a semester. But we start with just graphite work, so a regular pencil. We learn how to shade and shadow and show value with that. We move to colored pencils. By this point, they really hate pencils. They want to paint. They want to do markers. But um, once we get jump into markers and painting, they understand why we kind of do little steps like that and the best part about teaching art is every year it hasn't failed I have a kid that comes in that's like miss I hate art I'm not good at art and by the end of the semester they either tell me they're going to stick with art or like I get sticky notes and post on my desk from them drawing and so I'm like I got you <laughs> how has being online changed via via art class and like, the choir. Do you show your art on the video so in art class, it's changed quite a bit. My kids are used to all the demos coming from me. Um, with continuous learning, it's halfly YouTube, halfly me. And then I'm constantly in the classroom walking around and helping them. Um, and continuous learning, I get a lot more emails. But it's still awesome and it's still working and my kids are still putting in a lot of effort. So I'm proud of them. Yeah, in choir, it's been a, a big shift, mostly because, you know, choir is an ensemble. It's it's a class that's meant to be shared with other people. And so uh, when you're on a Google Meet, you can't actually all sing live together uh, because of delay. And so we've done it just for fun. We'll sing happy birthday to each other. Uh, and it's a total mess. And we just laugh because we sound terrible. Um, so it's been more individual uh, where students sing on their own at home or they'll sing along with me on a track. Uh, but what we're working on is taking student submitted videos and then um, I'm putting them together into a virtual choir so that uh, we can be singing together, even though we're not physically actually all singing at the same time. Whoa, that is amazing. So like this program lets you stitch it all together? Yeah, I'm actually using uh, Adobe Premiere uh, to edit them, and it's it's really time-consuming. Um, I've just started. I have a test video that I made with the first three submissions. Happen to be three girls who sing different voice parts, and um, you know I need to sync them up manually so that they're lined up together. But since they're singing with the same practice track, it does end up lining up. And um, the, I did the test one, and it, it's, it turned out really well. Um, so now as students turn in their videos, I add them and, um, it'll end up being, I'll have a video for each choir and even a song where every single student's singing. So we might have up to about, um, 80 to 90 students in, in one single video. <laughs> it takes a lot of time, but, uh, hopefully it'll pay off. If y'all could get one tattoo, what would it be? Sorry, just a random question here. <laughs> that, that's fine. <laughs> I don't know. I've never really thought I could get a tattoo because I'd be so worried that I'd, I'd hate it later on in life. I can't imagine getting something that when I'm 80 or 90 that I'm happy with it. Um, but if I did, I'd probably get something goofy like a taco cat. I'm totally the same way. I've been too afraid to get one because I want to make sure I, I like it because it's permanent. Um, but lately I've been thinking of either getting a 
B because they kind of are the workings of a lot of things in nature. I'm, I love being out in nature or um, semicolon because I like what that means in grammar that like your thought is continuing to go. So you keep growing, but I'm a huge fan of temporary tattoos. So <laughs> <laughs> nice. I love how your ears are all meaningful and mine's like taco cat. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've but, thought about it for a lot. Cause I've always have kind of wanted a tattoo, but I'm too afraid to get something permanently on my body that I might not like in a few years. So <laughs> I mean, I feel like this shouldn't be that hard. I feel like the correct answer should be SpongeBob here. <laughs> <laughs> SpongeBob. So, Thatcher, is it safe to say that you're going to get a SpongeBob tattoo when you're old enough? I don't think I'm going to get a tattoo, but if I did have to, yes, it would be SpongeBob for sure. If you were given an elephant and you cannot sell it or give it away, what would you do with it? Oh, yeah. These are really hard-hitting questions. I, I just don't know where I put it. I live in a condo. I don't have room for an elephant. Can I can I take it to school and keep it somewhere in the fine arts building? I, I don't know. Maybe you have an elephant in the room. Oh. <laughs> I would love that. I would absolutely love that so that anytime there's, you know, any kind of uncomfortable situation, I could say that. Funny at first, and then your poor students, if something awkward's happening, and you just say that every 10 minutes at that point. Because we're in middle school, a lot of awkward things are going to be happening. That's what us teachers love about teaching y'all, though. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, my son loves elephants right now, so I'm sure he would love to keep it as a pet. But that would be a lot of, like, hay and stuff we'd have to feed it. So, <laughs> I don't know. You said we couldn't sell it or give it away, but could we donate it to, like, a sanctuary or something? I guess. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know who elephants would fit in the fire arts building, though. Um, what lessons do you feel kids today are not being taught? I, I would feel like I can't put my finger on a specific one that's popping up, but I would think things that are related to things that you aren't learning because of, you know, technology. Um, you know, there's so many skills. Like, I still remember my phone number from when the house that I was growing up in and I can't remember a phone number to save my life now, but I know that phone number from growing up. And so there's simple things that I'm like, that I know I needed to know when I was a kid that kids nowadays just don't need to know. And that's just a very uh, random example, but I would say things that te technology have kind of uh, taken away from, you know, having to know, having to need to know. It's interesting to think about because during the summer, my mom would be like, see you around lunch or dinner time. And that's when we would show back up at my parents' house is when we were hungry. <laughs> and now I can just text or whatever. But um, I think you guys are learning what you need to learn to be successful in life with the changes of everything. Um, but like fort building was something my sister and I had down. And I'm not <laughs> sure if you guys could out fort build us. Good friend. Um he every or once a week just builds a giant pillow for it and his he like sleeps in a basement he just builds a giant pillow for it in there that's awesome my yeah. mom my mom and grandma like they taught me how to make mexican rice and tortillas and all like basic stuff like how to survive and i feel like that's kind of getting lost a little bit but yeah I agree. Fun fact, um, I was an RA, so resident assistant in college. So I kind of like overlook the the incoming freshmen at the dorms. Um, and a lot of them would come to me like not know how to do laundry, not know how to do like certain life skills. And I hope you guys are learning. What's funny about that is that me and my dad decided to do like a little deal thing where I teach him how to play a video game and he teaches me how to cook. So today I made some pretty good eggs. Really? So what video game are you teaching, Dad? Um, I've been deciding, and I finally decided on the game Super Smash Brothers for the Nintendo Switch. It's one of my all-time favorite games, but yeah. Well, the Nintendo Switch is a little bit easier to use than like the Xbox or something. So. <laughs> is your dad any good, Thatcher? Uh, I haven't started teaching him yet. 
gonna I'm gonna try teach him tomorrow once newspapers done so with that I'm gonna start teaching him tomorrow. Oh, so like this but is. Br- I, I don't think he will be any good because in Madden he still has to look down to push the buttons and stuff like that. Teach <laughs> <laughs> my uh, my mother-in-law. We tried to teach her how to play a game one time, and I don't remember what game it was, but there was some kind of driving involved, and it was hilarious because she was. You know, she she kept moving the controller as if it were a steering wheel and was moving all over the place, not not really grasping the fact that that wasn't doing anything. Um, so good luck with that. You should have taught her the Wii. I mean, that would have been easy, right? right? Yeah. Just Clearly. bring in Mario Kart Wii or something like that, and boom. That is yeah. exactly what she needed. But that would have been as entertaining. If you could form a band, what would the name of the band be? And I've been in a few bands that were, you know, I, I don't even remember the name of one of them. Um, I never came up with the names, uh, but I, I really honestly have no clue. Uh, well, there was one, I was, it, was, uh, it was actually a church band, um, and it was called Hearts of Fire. Uh, it was kind of cheesy and lame, but uh, <laughs> that was the first band I was in. And then I was in one in college, just for a little bit, because they needed a pianist for a while. And yeah, I I cannot remember the name of it. Clearly, we didn't m- make it big or anything. But, <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, I don't know. Did you ever play any shows? Yeah, like I mean, I, I'm we did we did a couple small little shows. I mean, just this was just college kids, um, and then of course the church band that was like a regular every week. That was actually more of a band. We had we put out uh, albums and. Um, and it was a it was a pretty big group. Really, that is but, so cool. Yeah, my husband is actually a recording artist. He's put out like eight albums. He's he's the the rock star in the family. Um, so he he would he would have so many creative band names to be able to come up with. But uh, yeah, that's that's not 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 a good question for me. Like I wish I could be, but I am not musically inclined at all. I love music, love going to concerts and stuff, but I just can't hold a tune to save my life so it might be like can't hold a tune i don't know (laughs) i I will say my first concert i ever went to was taylor swift was in town um and she she was opening it was free it was before she was big and famous and my sister and i and a group of our friends went because the headlining artist was all american rejects which they're probably too young for you student but us teachers might know that Mm -hmm. band but, no, I know who they are. Okay, there we go. You, that word? Yeah. Yeah, but Taylor Swift was opening for them. That was before she was big. And my best friend's dad was a police officer, and his um, team was running security. So we got to be, like, right on the stage. That was my first concert ever, so. <laughs> wow, that okay, is so I have, cool. I have a follow-up to that. Well, I, I'm circling back to my answer because I just remembered that um, a few years back, well probably like 10 years ago when my husband and I first started dating we wanted to form a band and I remember the name that we picked and the band had a specific purpose and it was just going to be a cover band and we were only going to do theme songs from sitcoms from like the 80s and 90s (laughs) and we were going to be called the Danny Tanners and we were very serious about it and we like wrote out our whole set list and practiced and we were, our first show was going to be, uh, at Halloween. There's a show that a group of our friends puts together, um, every year on Halloween and it's all, uh, local bands, but they become cover bands so that their costume is like the band that they're, uh, emulating. And so we were going to premiere the Danny Tanners at that show, but, uh, it didn't, it didn't come together. And, Hopefully someday we'll make it happen. Oh, I really hope so, because that is a genius idea and a genius name. <laughs> I love it. I would probably buy tickets to go. Yeah, I, I would. Let you know. I'll let you know. I'll talk to my husband about it today and say, look, we need to get this going. Yeah, we need to get the band together and live life. Well, on the subject of um, bands, what is y'all's favorite band? See, I, I just, I actually don't listen to a lot of new music. I'm kind of, I'm not very good about keeping up with 
music nowadays that you youngins listen to. Um, <laughs> but I, I'm just a huge eight, 80s fan. Um, anything from the 80s, uh, I'm absolutely the biggest fan of. So, um, you know, Tears for Fears, Phil Collins, uh, The Police, any of that, that older stuff I love, um, Prince. Um, Do you listen to The Clash at all? Because I kind of listen to yeah. The Police. Yeah, yeah. You know. I would have to say not band, but artist would be Ryan Bingham. So I don't know if y'all know who that is, but I like his songwriting. It's very clever. That's a tough one, Thatcher, because I feel like, and sadly, y'all are very young, but you'll experience this. There comes a point when you don't really care to look for new music. I don't know if y'all felt that way, Ms. Tacker, Ms. Holland, but it's like you kind of like have your groove and you don't yeah. want to get out of it and... Yeah, it's like a just a a side of, side effect of aging is that you like find a set of music that you like and it's kind of hard to break out and to f- discover new ones. What e what irrational fears do you guys have, if any? Raw meat grosses me out. I don't know why. <laughs> like I'm the main cook in our family, and so I like get it out of the package, season it, and put it on whatever pan or in the barbecue as quick as I can. <laughs> That I, the texture is weird to me. And, like, my, I have so, like, fears in life are serving raw meat to my family. So, like, everything, my husband thought this was so funny, but, like, I'll cook, say I'll cook, like, a tenderloin or something after it's cooked and I, like, know that it's cooked because it's cooked at the correct temperature for a certain amount of time. I then will cut the thickest part to make sure it's cooked. I don't know why. And then running out of gas. And so, like, my husband can wait till his gas light turns on, and then he'll go to the gas station. No, if I have, like, a quarter of a tank, I have to go fill up my car. And I drive a Honda Fit, which means, like, at a quarter tank, I could still drive to Dallas and back. So <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> my, my husband shares your same fear of raw meat. And the thing is, we both love to cook. And so he'll, and we each have our own recipes. Like we'll find one and be like, okay, this will be mine. Um, and whoever's cooking like the main chef, the other person has to do all the prep, like be the sous chef. And, uh, if he's doing any kind of recipe that has raw meat in it, I have to take that over. And so he'll do <laughs> all the seasoning, but he'll yell at me, I need you in here. And I have to be the one to flip the meat over, get it out of the package or, you know, anything. And once it's, once it's in the pan, he's good. But yeah, as far as touching it, he, he can't handle it. I'm glad I'm not alone. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I, I don't know. I'm trying to think for some reason, the first thing that popped out of my head was, um, having my foot hanging off the bed, (laughs) which is like, I think probably other people feel that too. Um, when I'm sleeping, I can't have my feet off the bed at all like, but what are you afraid like what's the fear like just that... I, think, I think it came from a scary movie that i saw uh and so uh <laughs> it, i think it was paranormal activity where there was some kind of scene that involves someone's foot hanging off the bed and and something scary happened uh when and so just can't happen i won't do it normally we do like a this or that like kind of rapid fire but i saw this question when i was looking them up and so this is for everyone students included what's a movie that scarred you when you were a little kid mine isn't a movie it's like a tv episode can i still say that or no oh yeah totally okay it was this one episode i i personally love adventure time it's one of my favorite shows and when i was younger maybe six or seven it was on hulu and i was watching one of the episodes and one of these characters gets eaten alive by another character. And so I stopped watching Adventure Time for a while until just recently I decided to revisit it. What's weird about it is that it was a lemon that got eaten alive, but it's still pretty scarring. A lemon? Yeah, in Adventure Time, there are, like, candy people. Yeah. And, the main, and one of the main characters made this lemon person, but it went wrong. <laughs> and then to make him happy, she made another lemon person. But it actually drove him insane, so he ate the other lemon person. Really complicated stuff, but it's a great show. Scarred from watching, uh, like, the 1980 version of Watership Down, the movie. I recently read the the book, and now it's my favorite book. But when I was little and I watched the the movie, that was definitely scary. Like, what about it scared you? 
Well, because it looks so sweet. Like, it's animated characters, but then there's blood and gore and... Mine is a movie. And when I was six years old, I was with my brother and his friends, and they decided to watch The Conjuring, like, right after it came out. And I just so happened to be with them. It messed me up, and I'm still messed up because of it. (laughs) I can't watch scary movies anymore, because that was my first ever, like, scary movie. And I got it. I, I have a horrible impression on scary movies now. I was with my older brother, and I was, I'm four years younger than him, so we were watching Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory, and um, I was like maybe four or five, and um, I guess we're the scene where they come into the factory, and Willy Wonka has like a show for them of puppets, and something goes wrong, and there's like a fire, and the puppets start melting because they're chocolate. Um, and I don't know what it was, but it scared me so bad. Well, I kind of already touched on one of mine with my rational fear of, <laughs> for sure, paranormal activity. Um, just the realness of it, uh, because it's all shot sort of like, a, um, you know, like the security cameras. But I wasn't honestly that little. I was probably in high school when I watched it. <laughs> um and it still, you know, had that effect because I never watched scary movies growing up. I was very sheltered in what my parents let me watch. Um, and uh, for good reason, clearly, because I couldn't handle it. Um, <laughs> but other than that, when I was really little, like going back to things that I watched that I look back on and I'm like, man, those are really creepy shows. Like Ren and Stimpy was a big one. Um, and it was really weird and bizarre. And I know there were moments in that show that it probably freaked me out, but I still watched it all the time. Um, and then, uh, the original dark crystal, I was kind of scared of that, that, um, movie as well. Mm-hmm. That's funny that you'd mention that because that was one of mine, the dark crystal. And they like, I think Netflix made like a new show for it. Yeah. Uh-huh. And you know how like Netflix automatically like plays the trailer and I came across it and just even watching the trailer, I'm, I'm in my mid thirties and like, I couldn't watch like 15 <laughs> seconds of it. I was like, Nope, I can't do it. All right. What about you, Ms. Tucker? Um, ET. And I don't know why. I don't know. Like the alien to me wasn't super creepy or I just, that whole movie just weirded me out. <laughs> funny that you'd mention yours Sarah, because mine is the original Willy Wonka in the Chocolate Factory and I was in sixth grade and we were watching it like before like a Christmas like a Christmas holiday like our like the last day before the break and I had never heard of it before or watched it before and I was in sixth grade and at first like you know like it's like the mystery like will he get the golden ticket that was really cool but once he gets inside the factory and the Oompa Loompas and their song, and then when they go down the the like the tunnel on the boat and all the images, it freaked me out. Like if you hear pure imagination, does it creep you out? No, I actually love that song. It when it oh, was okay. it was after like once the Oompa Loompas came out and like the kids started getting injured and like almost like punished in a way i was like this is just weird like i don't like it at all but up until that point i love it and but after that point i i almost refuse to watch it like my my wife loves it a lot and i will only watch it up until that song the tunnel part definitely that that was a i think across the board anyone can say that's the creepiest part yeah I actually was just told that that scene in the boat, the actors didn't know that that was going to happen. Like they thought, like they had like lines already and they didn't know like the images would pop up and that he would start singing that song that he sings. And so if you watch it again, like the looks on the actors' faces, they're genuinely disturbed because they had no idea that that was going to happen. So, fun fact. That is the end of our interview. We want to thank uh, Miss Tacker and Miss Holiday for joining us. Y'all have been such great uh, guests for us today. Um, up next, we have our question of the week. Stay tuned. You just heard from Olivia Tacker and Rachel Holiday. 
We want to thank them both for being on the podcast and sharing with us how they're doing art during the time of quarantine and just being honest with us and sharing us sharing with us their uh, the movies that they were scared with as little kids. So thank you both for being on the podcast. All right, our final segment for today for this week's episode is our question of the week. Last week our question was brought to us by Sira. She asked, "What have you ever paid it forward for someone?" And we got several responses. And the answer was an, an overwhelming yes, that many of y'all have indeed paid it forward. And I just think that's awesome. We just need more of that. Uh, Taylor, go ahead and introduce uh, our question of the week for this week. All right. So our question of the, the week is, what do you guys think the world needs more of? I think probably the world could use Bob Ross right now. Not going to lie. I think Bob Ross would kind of carry us through this quarantine. He has a great mood. He lifts you up and recently actually started re-listening to him it was just it was it's fun to watch him it's nice and again he never makes mistakes so that really helps too he's never made a mistake in his life obviously only happy little arguments and his hair is amazing yes we cannot ignore that fact and here's a better question how does the world not need Bob Ross Oh, yes. Good point, Sarah. It's almost like Bob Ross and Mr. Rogers are, like, connected. I would always watch the two of them together. Like, they were always on PBS on Saturday afternoons together. So, uh, great answer, Thatcher. It look like a collaboration. I mean, that might be the happiest ever episode in the world, just with Bob Ross and Mr. Rogers. Yeah, I don't think that... I don't think that ever happened, and I, I wish it did. Sadly, they're they're both dead. But they, wait to be a downer, Mister Brissinho. They're dead because of that attitude, Mister Brissinho. <laughs> oh, thanks, Thatcher. Thanks for the encouragement. Right now, the world needs more social interactions. Hmm. Yes. Because I haven't talked to a person in person. Like ever. For a while. Okay. <laughs> No, that that's just where it ends. She just never has actually been like. 13. I've just never talked to a person face to face before. How how do y'all feel like that's been going? Like, I mean, we're now almost two weeks or two weeks. God, uh, two months into this. Like, how like how have y'all been coping? Like, have there been easy days, hard days? Are you like cool with it? Uh, clearly, Sarah is not. How how do y'all feel right now? I would say yesterday and uh, Tuesday were probably the easiest days because I got this new game and I and I beat it and so now I'm just trying to like get other characters. But so that was a nice little distraction for a little bit. I've been doing this for so long because I was doing it with my old school that I've just gotten used to it. How long were you quarantined when you were still a student in China? Like since January ish. So that means you've been doing learning from the computer since about January? Yeah. Wow. But that's crazy, Taylor, that you've been at this for this long. So are you used to it now, or are you ready to go back to some kind of normal? Or I'm just sort of numb to it now. Yeah? Wow. What about you, Sarah? Are you good days back? Are you ready to go back or are you enjoying life like this right now um well i've been homeschooled like when i was really little so i kind of i've kind of been used to it that way but it was so long ago but i think that it has its good and bads but i think that when we all get to see each other again like face to face then it's going to feel really great and everyone's going to feel really awesome so i think the longer the better it's going to feel in the end Alright, uh, Sierra, what do you th- what do you think the world needs more of right now? Um, I think it just needs more love and appreciation. I know that um, that's really easy to say than be done, but um, I don't know. I feel like, and if this is going to happen, that people are going to go back to more simple ways and just kind of find out what's really good in life and stuff. And um, I don't know, <laughs> just kind of find gratitude i guess Mm. 
because you realize after this everything that we've had and taken for granted yeah. yeah i think the world needs more appreciation i will say it's been really cool to see how generous people have been like both like celebrities and you know, like just regular people like how how they've been kind to one another and done really neat things like you know like all like John Krasinski you know from the office doing his like good news uh tv show from his house and um I think that's been really cool but I know that we need it's as much as it's been we can always use more like it um more of that in the world what do you think Taylor what does the world need more of right now it needs more people who will, who will stand up for what they think is right. Because too many people just sit by and let bad things happen. I think what the... If, if I'm going to answer, I think what the world needs right now... It needs all of this. I'm not disagreeing with y'all. But I also think it needs more laughter. Like, I don't even know what that would look like. Like more funny shows, more goofy videos. Like But like good videos. Like... I think like everything right now is super serious, you know, for for obvious reasons. But I think we need we need to laugh a little bit more. But that's just so. Like, what I'm hearing here, Mr. Brasino, is that you want me to be all around the world. <laughs> Obviously, since I'm master of comedian. <laughs> Thatcher, that's exactly it. The world needs more Thatcher. I can feel Sarah rolling her eyes right now. Yeah, I was just saying that's very debatable. Uh, speaking of Thatcher and more of Thatcher, uh, Thatcher, what is the answer to last week's riddle? Can you repeat our riddle and reveal the answer for us? Last week's riddle was, um, how do you make the number one disappear? The answer to that was add the letter G and it's gone. This week's riddle is now um, kind of a harder one. If y'all haven't noticed, I've been going... Easy, medium, and now since this is the last week to do a riddle, even though it's not the last week of the podcast, the new riddle is, I have cities, but no houses. I have mountains, but no trees. I have water, but no fish. What am I? Actually, one of the, um, like, Taylor, she answered this almost immediately, so that was pretty cool. Yeah, Taylor is pretty awesome. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Thatcher. Um, All right, everyone, go ahead and say bye for us. Bye. Thank you again for joining us for this week's episode. Join us next week for our final episode of the school year. Stay safe, everybody. Mm-hmm.